0: You're listening to episode one of the Beulah Girl podcast. For related resources, links, and more encouragement, go to beulahgirl.com. And welcome to the inaugural episode of the Beulah Girl podcast. Uh, Carol Whitaker and I are together. I'm Susie Lolly and I'm your co-host for this evening. But we are together and we just, you know, we've recorded videos before. But you know what? You can't watch a video going down the road unless you really want to hurt somebody. So we're excited to be offering this new medium for you to receive encouragement. And this is based on BeulahGirl.com's wonderful blog for women who need encouragement in all different areas of life. So again, I'm here with Carol Whitaker, and tonight we're talking about a post that she recently published about faith. And we all read that word and we think, you know, people in the Bible had faith, that's great, but how can we relate to that? You know, Paul wrote all these books of the Bible and, you know, set people free just by worship. But I need somebody I can relate to. So Peter is that kind of a character. He said the wrong thing. He messed up in a big way. You know, even when he walked on the water, he was the one who sank. Uh, he's the one who, you know, cursed and denied Jesus when, you know, Jesus was going to the cross. But all of us in our moments of following hard after Jesus can feel overwhelmed like that. So Peter's someone we can relate to. And so I'm here with Carol to talk about a Bible passage that really is going to help us to find that when we are in situations that look bleak, we can keep our faith and we can wait on God trusting that he knows what's best for us. So Carol, I'm going to go ahead and turn it over to you.
1: Yes, the passage that I want to talk about tonight is Matthew 14, 28 through 32, and I'll be reading from the New Living Translation. But just to give you a little context for this passage, uh, Peter sees the Lord walking on the water and asks to come out to him. But if we back up a little bit um, and look at the events prior to them both walking on the water, Um, right before this, uh, Jesus fed the 5,000. He performed that miracle, and the crowds were super excited um, when Jesus performed that miracle, and they wanted to make Jesus king. And so Jesus knew that their intents were not those of the Father, and so he sent his disciples ahead of him on a on a boat out into the sea, and he himself went up to a mountaintop to pray. When the disciples were out on the water, they were in this wooden boat with oars trying to row their way across the sea, and they encountered a storm that these fierce winds and um came against them and whipped up the waves and they were rowing for several hours. And Jesus waited to come to them until the fourth watch of the night, which was around three o'clock in the morning. So they had been rowing all night and when they see Jesus walking across the water, they don't even recognize him at first. They're so tired. It's dark and it probably isn't the way that they expected him to come. And they see Jesus, they think he's a ghost. He reassures them by saying, you know, take courage it's I don't be afraid. Um, and when they find out it's him, Peter immediately asks if he can go out and walk to him on the water. And that's where we're going to, going to um, pick up the passage in Matthew 14:28. It says, Then Peter called to him, Lord, if it is really you, tell me to come to you walking on the water. Yes, come, Jesus said. So Peter went over the side of the boat and walked on the water toward Jesus. But when he saw the strong wind and the waves, he was terrified and began to sink. Save me, Lord, he shouted. Jesus immediately reached out and grabbed him. You have so little faith, Jesus said. Why did you doubt me? And in looking at this passage, Susie, um, I think that it can be um, just so representative of the situations we find ourselves in, as you just mentioned, where God may have called us to a specific place um, or we're doing his will and we're doing what he's called us to do. And yet we find ourselves facing Insurmountable obstacles and trials. And as they come up against us, like Peter faced this storm, we find that we may have gone on this adventure with courage and with faith. But when we see all the things around us that are going wrong, um, that like Peter, we begin to doubt. We start thinking that what we're doing is impossible, that God maybe isn't big enough to save us from whatever trial we're facing. And it's in that moment where we have. Um, problems, really believing that God can indeed rescue us. And so that's what the passage really teaches us about is having faith in those situations where we feel like we're going to go under. We're not sure how we're going to get over to the other side, or we're not sure God even is there or knows what we're going through.
0: And so with that being said, you know, we don't know if God's going to be there. We see that that Peter who walked with him couldn't even do that. Do you have any advice for us that we can take from this passage as far as how we can overcome, we can have faith and we can activate the faith we have?
1: Yeah, there's two points that I want to just bring from this passage. And, um, the first one that I want to talk about is just that we need the supernatural power of God to do, um, his work. I think that when we, when we all step out, um, to follow God and we're doing his will and we're doing as he said that in theory all of us know that we need to depend on God but we have this little thing called our flesh and our sinful nature and our sinful nature resists the spirit of God and there's always a struggle inside of us because um, when we step out and we're following after God and we're Um, deciphering his will for us, and we find ourselves in in difficult situations, um, our flesh, we gravitate, our default is to run away and to escape and to go and only be in those situations where we feel comfortable, where we feel like we can handle the situation, where we feel like our strength is enough. And so when we're in situations that feel really overwhelming, that are beyond us, that's when we get scared and think, you know what, I'm out. I I don't know I don't know if I can handle this, but God calls us to places on purpose that are too big for us and stretch us outside of, of our comfort zones. If we look at this passage, we see that God, that Jesus sent the disciples on purpose, knowing that there was gonna be a storm and he saw everything was going on, but he purposely waited um, to come to them until the fourth watch of the night. And so there are situations where honestly, um, our abilities are going to run short, and it's only by depending on God um, that we can accomplish what it is that uh, we need to be doing. Uh, Matthew uh, Henry, com- um, well, he was actually a pastor in England in the 1700s, but I love what he says. If you read his commentary of this particular passage, he says, When we are doing the will of God, we are held up by God. Psalm 63.8 says, I cling to you, your right hand upholds me. Um, The message translation of this says, I hold on to you for dear life and you hold me steady as a post. In other words, what it's saying is that, um, that when we're walking in the will of God, that he's going to uphold us, even if it feels like he's not there, even if it feels like we're in this difficult situation that we really can't handle, um, that we can have hope even in this really tough situations, because if we're doing what he says and we're following and we're relying on him, that's how we get the strength to really get through whatever it is we're um, we're we're getting through. Um, and so, but the thing is, is oftentimes we look at the circumstances and, and we're just afraid. So I don't know. I mean, Susie can, As I'm talking, can you relate? I mean, have you ever had any trials in your life where you just feel like um, you know you've been called to a specific place, but, you know, it's been way beyond your ability and you, you know, you've had to recognize that.
0: Definitely. Right now, my husband and I are, you know, and I've talked about this on my own blog and on yours um, that you know, we're definitely in a place where we feel a heavy burden in a good way. We feel a calling of the Lord. We feel like we've been chosen, which is such an honor. But then the getting to that, you know, we certainly, you know, we jump out gung-ho sometimes. I know I am that way. I'm a jumper. (laughs) I'm a jumper. Uh, I get out and I think, oh no, what did I do? And I start to look at the waves. So exactly like Peter and exactly like what you're talking about, that you know, I know God has called me somewhere. You know, Jesus said to Peter, you know, come on. When Jesus said, can I walk? He says, sure, you, you can walk. Come on out. Um, but then once we have embraced, I guess, the initial excitement, sometimes we can get bogged down in the fear and uh, certainly in the waiting. So I totally relate to Peter and to what you're saying.
1: Well, I think, too, Susie, um, just, you know, we have di- different circumstances um, inner life, but, you know, we've had similar situations in many ways that we, in many ways, are both of us still in the middle of, you know, where I don't feel yet that I've fully arrived at where, you know, God would have me. Um, but uh, anyway, what what I was going to say about that is I think that it's sometimes when we're in that place that it doesn't always look like we expected it to look and it can kind of throw, I don't know, it, it kind of throws me off sometimes when I'm looking at, and saying wow this this doesn't look exactly like I thought it would. Um, I thought that it would be a whole lot easier. I didn't think that there would be so many layers of difficulty being in this place and so yeah it can really throw you off and it can really make you just uh, want to just quit or just say you know what God I, I don't really want to do this right now. Um, I was reading this devotional it's by Tracy Miles and it's a Proverbs 31 Ministries devotional but she wrote about how um, in this devotional, she talks about, you know, following God's call and not letting your negative thoughts or mindset prevent you from reaching that call. And she just gives this example where she went to this obstacle course with her daughter, and she climbed up to the very top of the obstacle course, and she had every intention of going on this obstacle course with her daughter. I think it involved a zip line. I'm not really sure, but She got up to the top, and as she was climbing, all of these thoughts started going in her head. Um, And I just want to read a few of these. She says, What was I thinking when I agreed to this craziness? Why would anyone want to climb all the way up there anyway? What if I get up there and I'm too scared to get back down? What if my rope breaks loose and I fall to my death? Mercy! The more I doubted my abilities, the more my confidence sunk as I allowed negative thoughts, even some irrational ones, to fill my mind. The likelihood of actually going through with this activity greatly diminished The longer I let other people go ahead of me in line, intentionally trying to postpone my certain impending doom, the more I convinced myself I couldn't accomplish this task and I didn't really want to anyway. And she just says, Unfortunately, my turn finally came and I began slowly and hesitantly making my way up the tree with 0% confidence and 100% doubt. No more than 30 seconds had passed when I caved to my fears. I immediately climbed right back down from the tree, took off my safety gear and surrendered defeat. I went right back to my comfort zone where it seemed safer. And she talks about later in this devotional, how she watched her daughter um, go through this obstacle course with ease and she climbed back down. And I read that and I think how many times has God called me just, I feel like, I feel like his nudge to speak to somebody um, somewhere. And I think I, I start letting doubt flood my mind or fear. Like, God, I can't do that. I'm going to look weird. Um, what if What if I'm not really hearing you right now? And what if this person gets angry at me? Or, you know, um, I have an opportunity to be kind to someone and I'm just too busy and I go right past them. Or, um, you know, I have an opportunity to share, uh, you know, my story with someone and I think, you know, I'm afraid because of what they'll think of me. Um, so we all have this opportunities, I think, sometimes, but we get up to... The top, like Tracy was describing with the obstacle course, and we look down, and it's like we get dizzy because we look at how high we are, and we think, "I can't do this," and so we climb back down. But I think, you know, um, that having having faith is allowing ourselves to to be held up by God's power and allowing Him to help us push through those moments, so that we can really um, we can really stay on top of the water, so to speak, and we can really. Um, live the life that we were called to live.
0: Right. We never grow if we never have an opportunity to be forced to grow. Right. Okay. So, so you, you know, you said that you know we need God's power to do His work. But what else? What else can we get from that passage that really will just help us in our everyday lives to have faith and to activate that faith?
1: Well, the second po- point that we can really pull from this passage is that Jesus helps us in our failures. Um, I think that we all. No moments that we could have done something, we could have said the right words, and we all want, I think, to please Jesus when we're on this walk. um, When I think about personally just everything Jesus has done for me, everything that he's done in my life, um, I want to do the right thing, but there is this struggle within me. The fear sometimes is so great, but what we have to remember from this passage is that Jesus helped Peter in his failure um, when jesus allowed peter to come towards him he knew that peter was going to to doubt at some point and 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 fail and the same is true of us that we in our walks with Jesus they are not going to be perfect um, there are times that we are going to fail there are times that we are going to miss the opportunity to speak to someone there are times that our fear is going to be great so great that we don't act in the way we should but in those moments when when we fail, um, we can see what it says in this passage, and that is we can call out to Jesus. I think the tendency, a lot of times, is to run away because we feel bad or we feel ashamed or we think, well, when I fix this and get this all together, or when I get myself kind of fixed up, then I'll come back to God. But we we notice in this passage that that um, Peter just says, "Lord, save me," and Jesus immediately pulls him out and he rescues him and he does chide Peter. He says, you know, you have so little faith. Why did you doubt? Um, you know, I was right here all the time, Peter. Um, and I was enabling you to walk. You're fine. Right. Um, but Jesus pulls him out. He does correct him, but he, he does so to enable Peter to be able to, to, to walk on the water once again. And, um, so I think that all of us need to be reminded that in our walks with God, when we, when we don't always do it perfectly, that, that Jesus is, he's always with us and that he, um, he sympathizes with us in our struggles. He knows the temptations that we face and that in those moments when we fail, he reaches for us. He comes after us. That's the kind of God that um, we serve and he meets us in our point of weakness Um, And recently, um, I was just walking through a situation where I I needed, I felt like I needed God to come through for me in some ways, and I felt like he hadn't. And um, I went to church, and it was just a week that had been really tough. I have three kids, and um, one of my kids had been sick. My youngest had a virus, and she broke out in spots, and it wasn't like a chicken pox thing. It was just a virus. (laughs) but she was clingy and she was needy all week and it was exhausting and she finally got over it we went to church but i just was so tired i was just so exhausted and we walked in and um you know then when we walked in my son then said to me mom my stomach hurts and so i checked my other two in and i was like okay i don't think you should go to class because you might be coming down with what your sister had so I took him to the foyer with me, and we have these screens where you can watch the service. And I sat down with him, and I let him sit on my lap. And um, I was sitting there, and I pretty much was thinking to myself, "This service is just a wash. I'm not really going to get anything from it because my son will probably be interrupting me every few minutes, um, and who knows if he's going to be sick." But it was almost like, just from the moment that the worship started, I closed my eyes, and it was just like the presence of God fell so strongly on me. Um, that I I started shaking, Susie, right in that chair in the foyer, um, because it was so strong. It, I just, I, he was meeting me in that bone weary place of of, and I was just feeling like so tired in so many areas, and feeling like God, I I know and I believe that He's there, and I know He can, but I just felt like in his circumstance, I'm not sure that You're going to come through for me, God. I need You to come through for me, but You haven't. And where are You? And that was kind of some of the thoughts in my head. And then the sermon started. And of course, just because he's God and because he can show off, the sermon was on doubt. And it was just about how we can believe, even when we don't know how God can come through, that we can still believe and we can trust. And it, it was like, I left that service feeling so refreshed. And then we stopped by my husband's work on the way home and he's a teacher, so we were in his classroom. And my my husband, um he tends to kind of listen to music from like about 10 years ago. <laughs> but he was, he put on some worship songs and, and this one, they still play it fairly often. I've heard it a million times, but it's a third day song. Um, it's called Mountain of God, um, but I've heard it a million times. But when he turned it on, these lyrics just, it was almost like I was hearing them for the first time. They were just so poignant. They were just pushing into me, but it says, Thought that I was all alone, broken and afraid, but you were there with me. Yes, you were there with me. And it was like, again, it was like if you've ever had God just almost speak to you through a song or through a sermon or a friend talking to you, you know he's saying something to you. It was again, him reassuring me in that moment that you're not alone and that even these circumstances you're facing or you feel like I'm not coming through for you, I'm here. And you don't have to doubt you're on the right path,
0: absolutely, and um yeah, I've felt that that experience many times that you know, just when we feel like we can't hold on another minute, you know God confirms I was in my prayer time this morning and actually praying about not praying enough. <laughs> I don't know if you've ever done that, but you know, just telling God really lord i I want you to give me a, you know I want to exercise passion in this like I do about other things in my life and you know, just different circumstances, but, um, I love that I opened, I'm like, God, I'm not going to do the roulette thing where you just open to a random part of the Bible and hope that's it. But if I land on one, I wouldn't be offended. And, um, actually I landed in John 16 and, and without going into too much on this particular podcast, uh, cause we're going to save some of that, my story for a future one, but without going into too much, it was just like nestled in the middle of this totally unrelated chapter of the Bible. It seemed like to me, like you said, this song was a maybe coincidence, Um, You know, there was a scripture that spoke exactly to my circumstances and I'm like, God, you just keep whispering and that's what he does with us. He really does whisper to us, you know, in our hour of need. And so just recapping here, you know, that we are not superhuman, but neither was anybody in the Bible. I mean, when we think of a, you know, even just calling them characters, you and I are both former lit teachers and so to us, you know, we think of characters and, you know, we think of the literary part of the Bible, but these were real people and they were not perfect people. They were just people who literally said, God, I want to obey you no matter what the cost. And so with, you know, this story of in Matthew of, you know, the storm and then what Peter did about it, what Jesus did about it, I love that you brought up the two points that we need the supernatural power of God to even be able to do anything for him. It's everything in him through him. It's not that we do things for him. We're doing them because of him. And then, you know, also that Jesus helps us in our failures. We maybe have been raised in um, churches or situations where we were made to believe that if we fail, that God's just ready to slap us down and, you know, ready not to forgive us. But we do have a very forgiving. He's a just God, certainly. Like you said, he does chastise us. And the Bible says he chastises those he loves. Um, And I know sometimes, I don't know about you, but I've felt a lot of love because I've had to be chastised. Um, But what a glorious Savior that He does help us in our failures. And that should, you know, restore us to faith, even if we're having to wait a little while. So, you know, do you want to bring us any kind of a conclusion? What can we leave with tonight or on this, whatever time people are listening to this podcast, what advice should we take from this?
1: Well, we've talked a lot about doubt and how we can often lose faith in trials. And so I think it's important to um, to just end with the idea that our remedy in times of trial is to reestablish our hope in God. And that's what he does for us. When I gave the example of going to church is he reestablished my hope in him. He met me where I was and that's what he does because he loves us and because he cares for us and he knows that we're weak and that he knows just what we need and so that's that's ultimately what when we're sinking we're not sure if we're going to make it he gives us hope that we can cling to and says um you know it may not look like you want it to things they may not be going the way you thought they were but i'm here and i'm with you and i'm going to bring you to the other side if we look at the End of this passage, um, which I didn't read, but if we, you know, if you look at this passage in in Matthew, at the end of Matthew 14, um, it talks about how they climbed in the boat together and they got to the other side and the wind died down. It was like after this huge trial that Peter went through, um, Jesus rescued him, but then they got to where they were going. And that's just the awesome thing about God. Um, I want to read just to kind of conclude Romans 4 18 through 25 and this is the message so it's very powerful but I just want to encourage all of us that have been waiting a really long time for something or God has promised us something or he has called us to a place and it's looking so bleak at the moment and I just wanted to remind um, us of Abraham and how long Abraham waited for his promise and how he um, was a person that was not perfect, but he was a person of faith. And this is what it says about um, Abraham in Romans. It says, Abraham was first named father and then became a father because he dared to trust God to do what only God could do, raise the dead to life with a word, make something out of nothing. When everything was hopeless, Abraham believed anyway, deciding to live not on the basis of what he saw he couldn't do, but on what God said he would do. And so he was made father of a multitude of peoples. God himself said to him, "'You're gonna have a big family, Abraham.'" Abraham didn't focus on his own impotence and say it's hopeless. This hundred year old body could never father a child, nor did did he survey Sarah's decades of infertility and give up. He didn't tiptoe around God's promise asking cautiously skeptical questions. He plunged into the promise and came up strong, ready for God, sure that God will make good on what he had said. That's why it is said Abraham was declared fit before God by trusting God to set him right. But it's not just Abraham, it's also us. The same thing gets said about us when we embrace and believe the one who brought Jesus to life when the conditions were equally hopeless. The sacrifice Jesus made us fit for God, set us right with God. So the passage talks about, um, Abraham, how he believed against all odds, against all hope, and how we have hope because of Jesus and what God gave us in the person of, and, and, um, of Jesus Christ and sending him to the earth and having us die for our sins, um, that we have hope because we have Jesus. Um, and he intercedes on our behalf and he um, is our mediator and he is the one who makes us right with, with God and makes it possible for us to even um, be in relationship with God.
0: Amen, and um, we never need to take it for granted what Jesus did, and we never need to feel insufficient because we're not an Abraham or a, or a Paul or whomever because Jesus will make a way, and he will count our faith as righteousness, and I love that. So I want to thank everybody for listening tonight. Again, uh, the blog is com, and for show notes, to subscribe to future episodes, you can visit that website and find lots more resources. Um, I just want to say a quick prayer before we leave, and we really appreciate you listening. Dear God, we love you. We thank you, Lord Jesus, that um, we as women can find strength that, um, you know, we don't have to be super. We don't have to be some character God, but there were people down to earth, real living people that did not have everything as soon as they prayed for it. They had to wait and wait and wait, as in the story of Abraham, the story of Peter, um, the disciples who followed Jesus around and still didn't get it, God Um, you're not looking down on us with anything but love and you will make a way for us if we just call out to you if we just reach up our hand to you God um, then you will hold us even in the times when we have to wait and we thank you so much Lord we thank you that you're a perfect Savior for these imperfect people